0: Good morning. How are you? I'm so glad four of you are good. How are the rest of you? I'm so excited to preach today. I got new vans. So... Just kidding, there's way more better reasons to preach today and why I was excited. Uh, my family each year, we, we do this fun thing, we go to the Vans outlet, because usually around school, the beginning of school, they'll run, all their sales shoes are buy one, get one free, and for six of us, that's a pretty good deal. So I love Vans, uh, I used to preach in fancier shoes. Had a, had a friend uh, give me advice, he's like, man, Aaron, as you're, as you're preaching, you need three things, a good bed to sleep in, good shoes, and comfortable shoes to wear, and a fun car to drive. So, I found my good shoes that don't hurt my back, they don't hurt my knees, I can stand for a very long time, and they're cheap, and I like them. And uh, I have a great bed, we have a purple bed, not advertising for that, but it is a great bed, and uh, I'm still working on that fun car, the green machine, it's, it's older than all of my kids, older than most of you in here, um, no, I'm just kidding, but uh, it's making some weird noises this week, so... Man, uh, just to reiterate, the serving thing, and I know it wasn't, we didn't have time to elaborate on there. Uh, All of the churches, many, many of the churches in the county, not all, but many of the churches have gotten together. Um, So these flyers are on your way out. Uh, See Steve Bowen. Steve and Josh have been a big connection into this uh, over the last few months leading up. Um, This is a way, there's so many different opportunities, day, evenings. Uh, Short-term, long-term ways to serve and just give um, and do outreach and just different projects, kindness, evangelism, different things uh, in the community with other churches, which is awesome and fun. That, That there are no boundaries, there are no divides, there are no, like we just, we know that Jesus is good and people need help. Like we, we're just we're just going for that, and uh, so if you want to uh, get involved, just um, we gave you one of these coming in, please. And then there's a, a to end it with an evening service uh, on Saturday. So, anyway, I believe is it evening on Saturday? Sunday, Sunday. Okay. So Sunday there is a service. I don't see that on this sheet, but Sunday there is a service. What time is that? 6 p.m. Where at? Treasure Island. Everybody say Sunday. Sunday. 6, p.m. 6, p.m. 6 p.m. Treasure Island, Treasure Island. Troy, Ohio. Ohio. 45373. No, I'm just kidding. So, all right, let's get into the word here. Um, very excited. Uh, Peter Lewis was here last week, and how many enjoyed that? That's good. Okay. Uh, while I kind of start some things here, we're going to make sure. It, as you came in, we need every individual in here to receive have a little sheet of paper and something to write with. So, um, if you could uh, raise your hand if you don't have one of those. I know some of you snuck in or came in late. Uh, We're going to just shame you right now if you came late. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So anyway, just hold your hand if you need a sheet of paper and or pen, and the ushers are going to get those to you. These are not for note-taking, all right? You're welcome to do that, but you're not going to leave with these, so do not put your names on them, please. For confidentiality later don't want your names on them if you're at home you can still do this if you're watching live stream right now just make sure you take this minute here as parents are coming back in uh, from dropping off kids just take this minute to get a plain piece of paper and and something to write with here in a moment all right so I'm going to intro while while this is happening and um it's just funny, I had these thoughts. Uh, Peter was here last week, and man, I just got a hunger for the gospel, a hunger for the word, a hunger to present something, and um, kind of changed the course of what we were going to do today. And uh, man, just a few of the things in private meetings and some of the leader meetings we had with him, and last week it was just pretty amazing just getting back to the, the basics of the gospel, so today I'm really just gonna hone in on 1 Peter 1 and, and talk about that it is just the simplicity of the gospel, the simplicity of the, the rebirth, the reborn experience, the blood of Jesus, and but yet so profound. And that's the cool thing about Jesus. That's the cool thing about his word, is, is the highest scholars, the most, the most, the smartest people, the, 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 the smartest scholars I would know are challenged by the word and intrigued and drawn in, right? But yet the youngest of children with just the childlike faith are drawn in and get it. And that's the cool thing. And I think that's the thing of the gospel. That's the thing of being born again and and salvation in the blood of Jesus is is that it intrigues and draws those uh, with complexity and and this all, right? But yet the simplest of people and the simplest of minds and the simplest of children can understand this. But I started to think, like, as a new believer or as an unbeliever, and I've only been saved around 14 years, and and, uh, growing up in this, if you don't grow up in Christianity, there are some weird things. And you start to ponder. I was pondering these things this week, and I'm like, okay, the first will be last. That makes no sense. And the last will be first, right? You know, and you, you hear these things. To gain is to lose. To lose is to gain, right? And imagine telling a person who's never heard Jesus, you must die, Have you ever thought about these things? Like, you need to die to yourself. You've got to die. No, I don't want to die. I want to live. Well, without going on. So then we get to this thing, the blood of Jesus, right? May you be washed by the blood. What? Have you ever thought of putting yourself in the perspective of a non-believer who's never heard of Jesus or didn't grow up in the church or grew up singing the songs we sing and be like, you're going to be washed by the blood? That's absolutely weird, Okay. And you're going to be cleansed by the blood and covered by the blood. And may you be <laughs> purified by the blood, right? Can anybody relate? Has anybody had those thoughts? Like when you first came to the Lord or many people in here didn't grow up in Christianity, didn't grow up going to church. So I put myself in your shoes. So today we're going to confront the blood of Jesus. And we're really going to push into that. And I just thought that was so funny. Like the things, that the church in ease, the church language. And, and I know recently we were on this series on testimonies which is honestly the church word for sharing your story. It's the church word, it's, it's the biblical word for really uh, overcoming and being overcomers by a testimony. That is, that is your story about his glory. That is your story, that is what the Lord's brought you from and what he's saving you from, like Steve Bowen says, and saving you to, saving you from and saving you for. We've all been saved from something so that we could be saved for something, there's not just, it's not this thing where we get saved and we're done. No, we get saved so that then we have purpose to bring as many people as we can to the goodness of Jesus and eternity, right? So it's this fun thing. So we read a verse recently, and we kind of based a, a mini-series on it just the last few weeks. And it was Revelation 12, 11. And really what it said was, "...and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony." By the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and we focused on uh, the word of their testimony. And we did a series and we shared some stories. We, shared, we, we really spoke into how do you share your story. And Steve, I think we're going to maybe continue this in the future. But Steve Bone was just giving me these cool things at coffee this week. Like what that was like and, and tying that to the Bible and how, how to share our story. And how impactful that is to the lives around us. How impactful our story is to those who need hope right now i'm just going to be honest we're in a culture society and even a world right now that is full of chaos that is full of hopelessness that is full of fear and anxiety and all of these uncertainties right well you have the hope of glory living inside you his name's jesus christ you get to share your story and how you're processing these things and how the lord's brought you from these things and and brought you to where you are now and let me just say we're all still in process it's progress not perfection and we're all in this process together we're all in this life together so somebody was sharing a story with me recently I was like man I've been struggling with those same things actually let's hold each other accountable let's actually work through that together because I'm not greater than you I'm not more special than you Um, for whatever reason the Lord just said you're going to now be a pastor I'm like what I didn't want to be a Christian well what do you mean pastor but here I am but I'm still going on this journey called life And, and be, trying to become more like Jesus And it's a process So, so we focused on that But now I really want to focus today on the blood The blood of the Lamb And really where we're going to start is um, We're going to start in Hebrews 9 And we're going to read the full chapter of 1 Peter 1 See, so he paid a price for us to be whole His stripes were for our healing But his blood for, was for our cleansing See, there's this thing, there's this power of his blood. And I know if you came in just a few minutes late, we did communion at the beginning of service this, this month and today. And Nicole was talking about the power of his blood. She was talking about thankfulness and, and, and his body and his blood. And, and one of the things that she said was like, Jesus didn't just die for you, he died as you. He took on your mess. He took on your insecurities, your sin, your shame. He took everything on. And he who knew no sin took on all sin, all all things falling short, all things not making the mark or missing the compass just a little bit. He became that. And in the word, there's a word in the Bible called propitiation. There was an exchange there that happened between you and your mess and Jesus' perfection, and it connected you straight to heaven. It connected you straight to the Father from all the way back to when the the foundations of the world were formed to the end of eternity, which it never ends, right? That's a weird word. The end of eternity, no. But he goes back in time, he goes forward in time. Jesus is this omnipotent, omnipresent God that's all around and for all of time and all of humanity has done this. So there was this exchange that cost something. His blood paid a price when he was innocent. He shed his blood for us. And I want to talk about the power of his blood today. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Are you ready? So, Hebrews 9 11 through 15. I almost did two full chapters today. And I was like, man, I've been biting off a little bit more than I can chew lately. So this is something that you can go back and read this whole chapter. This is an amazing thing. The beginning of this chapter, uh, what they're doing is that the writer, the author, is, is really defining and saying, this is how it used to be in the tabernacle. This is how it used to be when you would cleanse of sin and and you would bring a burnt offering. You would bring a lamb or a goat or something and you would sacrifice that at an altar. And the high priest would take that on your behalf to the holy place. And one day a year, the high priest and only the high priest would go to the holiest of holies on the day of atonement and offer that on behalf of the people and those who gave sacrifices. So here we jump in, and and there's a new definition, there's a new covenant, there's a new life through Christ and his blood of what happens, and it starts here in verse 11, it says, So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats or calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Everybody the church say amen to that. Jesus became the lamb that was to be sacrificed for all of us that no longer do we have to do something within our works or do something to, to, to earn this love or earn this redemption. Jesus became that price. Verse 13, under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a young cow could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Aren't you thankful we don't have to do that anymore? On a construction standpoint, this is amazing. We don't have to worry about what we're gonna do with that blood and all of that stuff, right? We're we're thinking about expanding and we're starting to talk to builders of like, okay, how do we expand the sanctuary and, and do some things here? I was like, okay, we don't have to think about where's the holiest of holies? Where do we put the carcasses once they're done? You know what I mean? It's like, thank you, Jesus. Just think how much more the blood of Christ, everybody say the blood of Christ, will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. We don't need a priest or a high priest to go on our behalf. We don't need somebody to offer up something on our behalf. We have a full access pass to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and the people, so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they had committed under that first covenant. Amen and amen, right? Let's go to 1 Peter. We're going to devour this word here just a little bit, okay? couple books later is 1 Peter. If you have a real physical Bible, we're going to be posting it on the screen for you here and at home. I like, I like a physical Bible. Got all kinds of notes here. and I'm not against, I've got the online stuff, I've got the Bible app, I make notes, I insert things, I highlight. That's cool too. But the problem is about that is I'll highlight something in one version and then I read like three or four different versions and then I'm like, wait, I thought I highlighted something there. I remember I switched versions, oh, there's the blue highlighter. I have like this color coordinating system. Color coordinating system is like blue, yellow, and green for different things. Let me move on. 1 Peter 1. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia. Cappadocia Asia and Bithynia God the Father knew you and chose you long ago isn't that glorious he's writing to the believers and the Christians of the time that are now living in a different land no longer under Jewish law but now followers of Christ and and he's writing to them and he's saying you were chosen long ago let me, let me just let that sit in with you just for a moment. You, you as an individual, you as a son or a daughter were chosen before the foundations of the world began. And Christ created you, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, through a party. They created you in their image. In his image, he created you like him to be sons and daughters that you're no longer slaves. You're no longer orphans, but you are children of God. Say, so, so I'm a child of God. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and His Spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed Him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Everybody say, I've been cleansed. May God give you more and more and more and more and more. Everybody with me. And more and more and more and more and more. Grace and peace. Come on, somebody. All praise to God the father of our Lord Jesus Christ It is by his great mercy that I have been born again There is a new birth When you say yes to Jesus When you ask for forgiveness And ask him for that free gift of salvation And him to enter your heart That's another weird one Jesus is a man He is a real man Now ask him to live inside your heart Isn't that funny if you were not a believer (laughs) You're allowed to laugh It's okay Upper room we laugh in here okay But that's funny I remember having a conversation with Chloe when she was little She's like what he's gonna live inside my heart Yeah, he's gonna live inside you Why? (laughs) She was like three or four So anyway Born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead Now we live with great expectation What a way to live We live with great anticipation Great excitement Great expectation of all the good things And all the amazing things that the Lord has for us even amongst trials we'll get there in a second and we have a priceless inheritance let let me just say this as children of god in this newborn this rebirth experience that you were born naturally with with a mom and dad on earth but you get this choice now to accept jesus christ as your heavenly father your creator your eternal God, right? And this born-again experience to where now you get to live a new life as a new creature in Christ. But he says, now you get this inheritance. Imagine that. Have you ever wondered, like, like I'm just going to be honest, my mom and dad uh, provided an amazing life for, for me and my siblings, all right? My dad has worked his whole life, mostly blue collar, now a little bit of a politician. He says he's not a politician, but he's kind of a politician. He's a county commissioner and Matt wants, my dad's like telling my brother Matt, he's like, I'm not a politician. My brother's like, you saying that as being a politician. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, but here's what I know. He's worked his whole life hard. I'm not expecting a big inheritance from my earthly dad. Okay, I'm just not. I I just know, you know? Right? I mean, dad, maybe. I don't know. Whatever. Either way, I'm not expecting it. But I've got this heavenly father that owns all the cattle all the hills all the riches of every glory and I get that inheritance have you ever wondered like man as a child of God I get the inheritance of heaven wow there's no death in heaven there's no there's no divorce in heaven there's no abortion in heaven there's no there's no bankruptcy in heaven there's no financial there's no fear there's no concerns there's no disease there's no pain in heaven yeah that's my inheritance that's our inheritance Let's move on. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Come on. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. I can picture us driving down this fun little curvy road in an Italian sports car with the top down, and the sign says, joy ahead. And then all of a sudden, we're reaching streets of gold and burning out rubber on those streets of gold because there's joy ahead. There is joy ahead, even though... Now, this might feel the season that we've had the last year and a half, maybe some parts of your life. I know I just met somebody this morning who recently lost their spouse. It says, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while it might be decades of your life of trials that come and go there might be a month of just a really hard month right now maybe it's been a hard year and a half but let me just encourage you it's still a little while compared to all of eternity of this joy that's ahead of us let me move on these trials will show that your faith is genuine it is being tested as fire tests gold trials serve a purpose. I spoke on it a few weeks ago. You can go back and tune in, but there is something that is built. There is character. There is faith. There is trust. There is a dependency on God when we face some trials. They are not pointless. They are not wasted. They're not all from God, okay? Let me just help adjust some theology in here. This the, the cancer is not from God. He doesn't punish. He doesn't just, just come in as a, as a really mean dad, all right? He is a good father, He's a giver of life. He's a giver of good things. Good things says comes from above, okay? So we need to adjust our theology, and John 10.10 will kind of line that up. Jesus came to give life and what? Life more abundantly. It says the enemy comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give life and life abundantly, more abundantly. So anyway, let's move on. It says, fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, So when your faith remains strong through many trials, did you know that when gold—it's dirty, it's nasty—it goes to fire, and as it melts and goes through the, the the refining process, it comes out more pure than ever before, and you're left with the most precious gold. Sometimes I thank God for the fire. Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going to the fiery furnace. Wow! What a test of faith! What a test of trust! What a trial! they get into that furnace and then what happens it changes an entire nation they will not be touched their king their god is a god that's worthy to be praised and they come out of that fire stronger than before could you imagine going into that situation and then you show up in the furnace Whoa, there's an angel oh the lord's here so when your faith remains strong through many trials it will bring you much praise and glory and honor to the day when Jesus Christ was revealed to the whole world you love him even though you have never seen him though you do not see him now you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious inexpressible joy I hope that is the body of Christ still today That we know Jesus in a way that even through this trust and faith and knowing his goodness and knowing his promises and knowing that the end there is joy, that we worship and praise him with inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. This salvation was something even prophets wanted to know more about. I'm going to skip down to verse 12. The prophets were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you. So the prophets have been saying the coming of Jesus, promising his blood, promising the the crucifixion, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? And then it goes, they were told that their messages weren't for themselves, but for you. And now this good news, say good good news, has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching things these things happen now that's fun we get to join with the angels in this inexpressible joy and anticipation right the angels are watching they're like ah this is good this is good this covid thing kind of stinks but this is going to be good these politics kind of stink right now but man it's going to be good in america there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, but man, the angels are looking through heaven's lenses through the little eyes and the glasses of God like, wow, this is gonna be good. You know, God's not worried. He's not worried about our world. He's not worried about the world your kids are growing up in. He's not stressed out. So think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live of God's obedient children don't slip back into your old ways of living that's a good piece of advice there every once in a while there's an old man that likes to creep up in my life with lust or anger or or these things and i sometimes have to remind that man like hey you're dead you're behind me satan no not today Anybody else with me? Like, sometimes I've got to remind my new man that that's an old way of thinking, that that's an old life. And I took on the life of Christ, and I'm a new creature, and I was destined for greatness. To satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scripture says, you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the Heavenly Father, to whom you pray, has no favorites. That just means we're all his favorite. Isn't that great? You are his favorite. All equally. He's got that much love. His agape love is that big that each one of you are individually, inexpressibly loved beyond any words, comprehension, or imagination. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time as foreigners in this land. You know we're ambassadors of Christ. We are citizens of heaven. This is a temporary body in a temporary place with temporary problems. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. No matter what inheritance you get from your family, your grandparents, your parents, you know all that just disappears and fades and rusts and, and, and is, in, is pointless anyway. But our inheritance of the king and the kingdom, Wow. It's good stuff, and the ransom he paid was mere, wasn't mere gold or silver, it was the precious blood of Christ. We're almost finished here. It was the precious blood of Christ that is our inheritance. Have you ever thought about that? I just want you to picture that for a moment. I, I, I love empowering and equipping people, that, that's what I'm called to do. I, I love. My ministry is to try to get as many people to heaven with me as possible and to equip the church for the work of their ministries. That's my my thing in life. Whether it's my kids as disciples or my wife, my marriage, it's, it's to lead people to Jesus. But I want you just for a moment now just to ponder what is the end goal. There is a day coming where we get to be with Jesus. In his fullness. In the glory. I'm not talking just a picture of heaven and revelation. I'm talking like him face to face. Just take a moment to picture that just right now. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God, God chose him as a ransom long before the world began, but he has now revealed him to you in these last days. God is revealing himself to us every day. I just believe it's, it's not this thing of hierarchy or levels or these things like a video game where you get to conquer new levels, right? But I believe there is greater revelation to be had. I believe there's greater pictures, visions, encounters with the Lord that he has treasured up for you every day that you're alive. These moments when we just press in and we just say, Lord, I'll, let me spend some time with you. And all of a sudden, it's a new facet. It's a new realm. It's a new wonder of Jesus. That happened to me last weekend. Grew up in a, in a religion where there was a heavy focus on the rapture and Jesus' return. And just to be really honest with you, I got sick of it. Because <laughs> the rapture didn't happen. So it's like, well, it's never going to happen. I became an atheist. Like, it's all a lie. I was told this was gonna happen by now. I was told Y2K, God was coming back. Midnight happened, I look around, I was like, didn't happen? So I went further away from the Lord. So then when I got into ministry, I was like, just, it was about equipping people, getting people to know Jesus. Last weekend, he just, this new level of scales or this new thing just was removed. I'm like, man, that is a glorious day. It took me back to childhood when that was a big focus and for me, I perverted it in my immaturity and my lack of knowledge and understanding of what the true uh, revelation of heaven and eternity and glory looks like. But now I'm like, man, that is a precious gift that we will all get one day. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. Listen to this. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love each to one another. Brothers and sisters, the family of God, right? The connections, the tendons, the the thing that connect the body. We get that's the love that holds us together. Now he references Isaiah 40 and it says, Love each other deeply with all your heart. For you have been born again, not to a life that will quickly end. I'm talking about the new life of Jesus. The reborn experience, the rebirth. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, Isaiah 40 is the reference here. People are like grass, their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news preached to you. That's good. That's good. So I want to touch on four points. Everybody's like, that's it, right? That's good. Yeah, that, that could very well be it. The hope of glory, cleansed by the blood, connected as a body to have the fruit of love. That's the summary of the gospel. That's the summary. That's a good glimpse of the good news, the, the, the salvation message, right? Let, let, me, let me touch on four points, though. The blood cleanses, covers, connects and completes us four c's today Everybody say quadruple c C. it's a c kind of day cleansing covering connects completes first cleanses first peter 1 2 as we read says god the father knew you and chose you long ago and his spirit has made you holy as a result you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of jesus christ may god give you more and more grace and peace amen there's this thing called sin. Sin is a mistake. Sin is anything that disconnects you from your purpose in life and your identity to be more like him. Sin is, sin is just being off the mark a little bit. And sin is anything you do or don't do that displeases the Lord. That's my definition of sin. Anything you do or fail to do that would please the Lord, okay? So, so here's the deal. Sin needs repentance, but it's covered by the blood and paid in full. But here's this thing with sin. Sin also usually attaches itself to this nasty little friend named shame, Okay And shame is always constantly reminding you of who you're not Or who you were supposed to be Okay So shame is sometimes attached to sin That not only just maybe that you did But was done to you I talk a lot on shame And have preached many messages on shame And shame Sometimes sin will take you to a place But it's shame that keeps you there Because it's this nasty, dirty feeling That you're not worthy You're not good enough You're not loved You're not who you're supposed to be That's shame but let me just tell you this, the blood of Jesus cleansed you not only from sin, but also the shame that attaches you to any sin. Yeah. That's the freeing blood of Jesus, that it doesn't just cleanse me from the act of sin, it cleanses me from the, sin, the shame and the feeling from that sin. Let, let me just put it to you like this. I, I used to party a lot, and, and I, I, would do the, I would party the next morning, I'd feel like crap, okay? Physically, Emotionally, guilt, all those things Guilt reveals what shame is trying to conquer Okay, so here's the thing so, so we have this thing and then the next day you feel bad So then I repent, let's say I repent And, and, and I say God forgive me For what I did last night Absolutely, already done, already paid for in full But then I'm still walking In that guilt and that shame because now I still Feel bad about it because I don't actually Catch the full revelation that Jesus paid it In full, all of it So sin is freed from the blood of Jesus as well as the shame so now when I repent I'm repenting not only for for the sin but now I have an understanding because to be transformed is the renewing of our mind and now I realize that it's not just the sin but anything that attached itself to that sin that's being cleansed from the blood that I can walk in full freedom are you with me okay good next one covers The blood covers us. Colossians 1.20 says it like this. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Whether on earth or in heaven, we are covered by the blood of Jesus. So, you know, got an issue? Covered. Got a financial problem? Covered. Got a relational issue? Covered by the blood. You got self doubt, you got insecurities, covered by the blood. Everybody say, I'm covered by the blood. <laughs> Financial problems, past hurt, unforgiveness, bitterness, covered by the blood. It's all covered by the blood. It's, you're not only cleansed by the blood and purified, you're covered like God's got your back. If you heard some military language or police talk, you got my six. You're covered like I cover. I got, got you. I got backup coming, right? We're, I'm, a, I'm a firefighter, and we cover one another, we, we protect one another, we, 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 we go in with each other, we'll die together, we come out together, we never leave a man behind, those kinds of things. Why? Because we're covered. We got, Jesus has your back. His blood has your back. You're covered. Amen. Next one, connects. Connects to him and each other. We are, we are connected by the blood, okay? We are connected. Another word would be covenant. The covenant of the blood, the blood covenant you might hear that often in the word, and people reference that as believers. The blood covenant of Christ. So he has connected us and reconciled us back to the Father, back to heavenly, the heavenly realms, to heaven, right? He's connected us. But now in that we join this large family called the body of Christ, oftentimes also called the bride, because he's the groom or the bride. So now we are connected to him and connected to one another. Matthew 27 has this picture of Calvary. All right? And it's this story where Jesus died on the cross. He ultimately paid the ultimate price, was crucified, then resurrected. But when he's dying on the cross, this crazy phenomenon happens. All of a sudden, the earth shakes. There's a crazy earthquake. And then it says in Matthew 27 that the veil was torn from heaven to earth. Now this is fun because it's referencing back just like Hebrews 9 did to the tabernacle. There was a veil or a curtain that separated the holiest of holies that only the high priest could go into on the day of atonement. So now what it's saying to all the people in then and for eternity and us is the veil was torn bringing heaven to earth, Jesus to earth to die for us, to say now no longer is there a separation but we are now connected by the blood of Jesus to each other and to Christ forever. It's an all access pass. There's no curtain now. There's no separation. I don't need somebody to go on my behalf. Jesus did that for me, okay? So let me put it to you this way 1 Corinthians 10, 16, and 17. See, God's highest purpose for the cross wasn't merely just to forgive us of sin, it was to welcome us back into a family as well. It wasn't just for the forgiveness of sin, it wasn't just so that we could get a heaven ticket. It was also that we could live an abundant life on here, in here, on earth, with family with purpose, with a destination of heaven, but live in a heavenly life while we're here. The kingdom is a promise, but it's also a present-day reality. Another message. 1 Corinthians 10, 16, and 17, as we did communion this morning, says, when we bless the cup of the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And though we are many, we eat from one loaf, one bread, showing that we are one body. We are connected to him. We are connected to one another through his blood, through the table, through communion with him. Amen? Amen. Completes us. The band can come. I'm not closing yet. I'm only going to do one closing today as opposed to my 17 normal ones, okay? So I'm going to hold my closing, but the band can come. Hebrews 9, 14 said this, just think how much more. The blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God for the power of eternal spirit. Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Christ shed blood, paid it all in full, and and, and this price, this, this gift that was given on our behalf, his blood, was to welcome us into eternity with him forever. Isn't that amazing? You think about the story of Abraham offering his son Isaac. Think about about God the Father offering Jesus, his only begotten son, to shed his blood, to endure the pain, now he was a man. He felt the pain, he felt the agony, he felt felt every single thing on earth while he was here that we would feel on earth to become the example of how to overcome it. People tried to offend him, people tried to hurt him, people made fun of him, people left him out. right what else do we whine about everything we endure everything every hardship he faced death he faced trials he faced tragedies but there's this picture of him on the cross facing all of his accusers false accusers right falsely accusing him and here's his heart forgive them for they know not what they've done spit on him they stabbed him they beat him they drug him through the streets and mocked him man and he sits up there as an example to all of us bless them forgive them they don't know what they're doing let me let me read it to you like this hebrews 10:19 says this and so dear brothers and sisters we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of jesus I love the history of the tabernacle. I love uh, the, the Ark of the Covenant. I love, I love the tabernacle. I love what it represents. I love its place and time in the Old Testament. I love it. I used to pray a tabernacle prayer, and it was kind of this guided prayer through the, the places as you enter in the tabernacle with worship and praise and, and sacrifice, and and I have a little flyer that's a pamphlet that folds out, and it gives me a picture of the tabernacle and what it was, and and go through the whole process. I, I, for some reason, it's always grabbed my heart. So it's always grabbed my heart when I ha- finally heard for the first time ever, maybe a dozen or 10 years ago, that there was a veil torn for me to have full access through Jesus's blood, that I no longer have to even uh, go through anybody else or a tabernacle or a sacrifice or a blood sacrifice or something that's on me or within my ability. It's all what Jesus did. The Passion Translation words it like this. Same scripture, Hebrews ten nineteen, And now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm. Now let, me, let me just explain in a moment. Boldly, without hesitation. Now that's fun. He completes us. The blood completes us to where I no longer have to think in an earthly manner. I no longer have to think in a way of of a pauper, but I get to think in the realm of a king of kings who's my father as a prince of peace, right? I get to think in a royalty realm. I get to think in a heavenly realm that that my sins actually no longer hold me captive, that Jesus' blood paid for that once and for all. I no longer have to walk in shame. I no longer have to walk in bondage because he says I'm no longer a slave. I also don't have to walk in that I don't feel I belong because he says I'm not an orphan, I belong. This is the heavenly realm. The blood brings you into a family, cleanses you, covers you, completes you, right? It does all of these things and connects you into covenant with the, the Father of the universe forever, once and for all. This is the goodness of Jesus. This is the good news of the blood, of the cross, of Calvary. It's the good news of the gospel. Let, let me finish with this. This is closing. Nicole and I, we went to the Golden Gate Bridge we went to San Francisco a couple times and there's a picture of us here that we'll show and uh, it's beautiful I love it I love San Francisco did you know that oftentimes you're going to be given authority in the kingdom of the places and the things and the people you love if you hate government I don't know if you'll ever have a voice in government if you hate business or hate this or hate the schools the Lord entrusts things to people who steward things, and stewardship is a part of love. He entrusts things to people and gives authority to people of things you love. We love San Francisco. Do we have the picture? We're getting it. So Nicole and I, we did the, like, typical pose, went on the other side of the fence, and you'll see it here in a moment. And, and this weekend's Labor Day. It's Labor Day weekend. We, we honor, we, we, we give a holiday to, uh, and we get a day off to honor people who are working. <laughs> no kind of funny, but for innovation and the labor and the, the history of the progress of our nation in labor and labor and different things. And, and I was like, man, that's, this is a beautiful story. The Golden Gate Bridge took around four years to build, $35 million, and 11 people died building that bridge. So that 40 million cars a year can travel across that bridge. It's interesting, isn't it? And the point is this. Are we able to get it? I'm sealing the deal here, and you didn't even get the cool picture of my wife and I there is sacrifice and something that usually there's a benefit. Let me me just put it to you this way. We are paying now for a next generation to play later. There are are buildings that have been built, there are coliseums that have been built, there are things that are hundreds of years in in the process before one generation starts it and several generations later will complete it. You look at some of the, the, the coliseums, you look at some of the the, the the churches over in Europe especially 400 years to build it's crazy what some people will pay and that's we have to think in the terms of legacy we have to think in the terms of 100 years what are we paying now what am I paving now for my kids to walk an easier path what am I dealing with now to allow the blood to cleanse so that my kids don't have a lust issue so that my kids don't have a generational curse of anger or rage because I've dealt with something and put it at the cross and let the blood cover it. We're thinking in terms of legacy, we're thinking in terms of long term and this thing in the bridge, but but some things come with a cost. My sin, my impurities, my way of thinking, my past, my mistakes, my injustices, my hurts that even happened to me came with a cost, but it was paid in full by the blood of Jesus. And it is one of those things that somebody, something had to die. I had to die to self, and Jesus had to die on my behalf for me to be fully redeemed by his blood. And it's Labor Day. I'm thinking San Francisco Bridge. 11 people died, so 40 million people a year can drive across it now. That's a huge sacrifice. In the 30s, in the 1930s, 33 to 37, four years of building, 11 deaths, $35 million at that time. So 40 million a year can drive across it. Jesus paid a much greater price than that for all of us to have freedom to drive where we want to go, to go in peace to go with purpose so here's what I want you to do do we ever get it? yeah, had some issues I'll post it on my Instagram you can see it hey, we got it that bridge isn't she beautiful my wife. The bridge, too. No. So here's what I want you to do I want you to get those pieces of paper out. This is uh, an activation that we've done for many years in different retreats and, and different youth activations and our school that we had. Up here, we do things a little different in our church, okay? Is that okay? We follow the Holy Spirit. There's not always a timeline. There's not, we, we try to come out with a plan, but we are absolutely always open to the Lord changing our agenda, our plan, and our timeline for the day. I, I, we put across here today a red line. And, and today, this is a symbol, this is a symbol of Jesus' blood. We call this the bloodline. This is symbolism of Jesus' blood. Here's what I'd like you to do. This paper is only, it will not be looked at. It will not be read. It will not, do not put your name on it. I wanna, for those of you hold apart learners, here's what we're gonna do. You're gonna write down any injustice, anything, any sin, any generational curse, anything you're troubled with right now, any hurt that's been done to you, anything we're gonna ask the Lord to reveal some things to us here in a moment. I want you to write that down. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna step up to this bloodline. Everybody in here, we're just gonna have everybody do it. You're gonna rip it up and throw it across the bloodline because after today, you walk out of here free no sin, no shame, no bondage, because you've been redeemed and paid in full by the blood of Jesus. So that's what we're gonna do. So, so for a moment here, whatever you need cleansed from, covered in, connected to, or away from, and completed, whatever that is, whatever the Lord was ministering to you during this last half hour, or day, or month, or year, or decade, or life, Maybe it's sin, maybe there's temptations, maybe you've not acted on them, maybe there's temptations, maybe there's thoughts, maybe there's suicidal thoughts in here, maybe there's lust, maybe there's addiction. Whatever hangups, whatever issues, maybe there's been hurt done towards you. You just can't get over it, you hate that person. It's time to give it up, it's time to let the blood take care of all of that, once and for all. We're gonna give you a moment as you just lean into the Father's heart, what do you need freed from? next to you, you don't want them to see it, you can hide it a little bit, maybe just put an initial on it, maybe it's a first letter of something, but Lord knows, He knows exactly what's on your heart right now. Finish that list up. I want you to maybe fold it once. Give me about ten seconds. This is called a freedom moment. Jesus will do more in one moment with His blood than experts, than time can do in a lifetime. Let me elaborate. I believe this moment is a freedom moment that maybe, maybe I, I believe in counselors. I believe in doctors. I, I believe in getting professional help. But there are moments like this where God will free you once and for all. There is no sense in walking a whole lifetime in shame and regret and bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment and, and sin or whatever it might be, when you can just be vulnerable with the Lord right now and there is more power in one drop of his blood in one instant in one moment like this than all the resources on the entire planet can ever do. The biblical context for that is the woman with the issue of blood. She had spent her entire money, all of her inheritance for around a dozen years trying to get help from experts and physical uh, doctors or whatever it would be at that time. And she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And one touch from Jesus, all of a sudden, her issue was made well. One moment. And then he looks at her and he says, Woman, he doesn't say, he says, daughter, actually. This is an identity moment. We read that. We talked about the identity of Jesus' sons and daughters. And he, and he looks at her and he says this. He says, he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. We know her as the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible's scriptural title on that section is woman with the issue of blood. But he identifies her as her identity in him with the blood of Jesus, daughter. Faith has made you well. Doctors couldn't do it. She was an outcast, she stunk. People wouldn't be around her. And in that one moment with Jesus, all of a sudden, she was cleansed and purified and walked away free. That's today. So here's what I'd love for you to do. If we could all stand, we're gonna pray for these. It's gonna get crowded up here. If you're nervous about COVID and different things, just wait a few minutes. And these three aisles are gonna be open to come forward. And you're just gonna have a moment with the Lord. This is with you and the Lord today. It's his blood that cleanses us. We believe on laying out of hands. We believe in the power of prayer. But today I believe there's a powerful moment with you and the Lord. We're going to rip them up. Just come here, rip them up, take a moment, and then walk around. It's even cool if you kind of stomp on them a little bit, like they're dead. The Bible says we can crush Satan under our feet. Literally, the Bible says that, quote, we can crush Satan under our feet. So then just go out the outside, and you can hang out, you can talk, you can, you can fellowship out there, you can leave if you need to, but we're going to give a moment here. So these three aisles are open. It's kind of a one-way, and out. After church... If you need prayer, if you don't know Jesus as Savior, there's people with some lanyards, they're gonna have lanyards on. They're gonna be around this area here. If you need to linger, you need additional prayer, they're gonna be here to pray with you, to lead you to Jesus. Hold those papers. People are ready. Jesus, we thank you for the blood. We thank you that you cleanse, that you cover, that you connect us back to you Jesus we thank you that you complete us for eternity not just here but forever Lord we thank you we gaze at your beauty and Lord we know there's power in your blood there's power in your blood we pray that your redeeming reconciling powerful blood cleanses purifies and deals with every single issue on every one of these papers and those who are at home Lord we thank you and those who watch this and those who are coming into this culture and this environment we walk out free This day and every day forward Jesus And we walk in the freedom with you Jesus that your blood is powerful It is true and what your word says is yes, and amen We thank you for your blood. We thank you Jesus We thank you Jesus we thank you for your blood When you're ready, you just step across that bloodline. We're gonna ask our prayer team to come and and you just rip it up, just rip it up. It's covered by the blood. Yes, Jesus, this is Freedom Day. We thank you for your blood, Jesus. We thank you for the power of your blood. Thank you, Jesus. Our history, our sin, our failures, our shortcomings do not control us. We are free. We are reconciled back to you, Jesus. We thank you.